you thought the army was here protecting people like yourself. I have some news for you, we're here to defend wealth. Oh, I have some news for you, we're here to defend wealth. Tra la la la! A public service announcement with guitar. Hey ho, let's go. This is 102.3 WHIV. My name is Mark Allendale. You are listening to Null Matters. I am covering for Dave Rawson, the public health hour. So this is the health is a human right hour, which is what I usually do on Mondays. And it is really an honor and pleasure to have on somebody who I uh, consider a friend, a mentor, an inspiration, uh, and that is the very lovely Kelly Webb uh, from the uh, Lower East Side Girls Club, uh, who uh, reached out to me uh, just a couple years ago uh, on email, and uh, and we have since uh, been very uh, close uh, since then, and we broadcast a lot of her content. She runs a radio station in uh, New York called WGRL, and we broadcast a lot of that content here on WHIV. And she's here uh, with uh, members of the Girls Club as well as Middle Church. And you guys are going to be hearing a lot of voices from a lot of lovely young people in the next hour. So we are so happy to have all of you guys here. And welcome to WHIV. Woohoo! Yes! <laughs> New York City in the house, baby. That's right. Uh, thank so. you so much for having us. We're so excited to be in the great city of New Orleans. And we're just. Uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful trip for us. So far, so good. Uh, we've been doing a lot of sightseeing, all based on civil rights. And it's a fantastic opportunity to be here at WHIV with you. So tell me some of the stuff that you guys have been doing. Uh, so I'll let the girls talk to you. Um, actually, why doesn't everybody kind of introduce themselves? Okay, let's and, hear from everybody. Yeah, and how uh, 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 your name and what grade you're in, maybe. Okay, that's a good place to start. Hello, my name is Aisha Sako. I'm from the Lower East Side Girls Club, and I'm a senior in high school. Hi, Aisha. Hello, my name is... You can talk directly in the microphone, honey. Hello, my name is April Holmes, and I am from the Lower East Side Girls Club, and I am a senior in high school. Hello, how are you? Good. Hi, I'm Ruby, and I'm a sophomore. Hi, Miss Ruby. Are you also from the Girls Club or from Middle Church? I guess I'm from Middle Church, but... I've been associated with the Girls Club in the past. <laughs> Excellent. All right, who else is coming up to the microphone? Okay. It doesn't um, bite, I promise. My name is Drowna Franco. I'm in 11th grade, and I'm with the Girls Club. Uh, hello, how are you? <coughs> uh, I'm Kellen Levy. I'm in uh, 12th grade, and I'm with Middle Church. Pleasure to see you. Hi, I'm Tyrese Levy. I'm from Middle Church, and I'm in 9th grade. Pleasure to meet you. And of course, we can't do this alone. So uh, my lovely co-administrator. Well, we have we have on one trip. more person. She, but she's she's an administrator. Oh, she's an she's administrator. She's an adult, oh, you believe it or to, not. I, I'm Erica. Face. I work at the Lower East Side Girls Club. Thanks so much for having us. <laughs> 
And I'm Marta Samuel-Stew, and I work with young people at Middle Church. We're thrilled to be here. That's great. So can we just hear real quickly about uh, the Girls Club, Lower East Side Girls Club, and then a little bit about Middle Church and what you guys do? Obviously, what you guys do with Lower East Side Girls Club, I am a huge fan of. Uh, mm-hmm. and, yes, uh, you've been to visit us. And so been to visit. You already and, know. And, you but already I, wa- know. But I want you guys to explain to people in New Orleans what it is that you of guys course. do. Of um, course. And I think that uh, I can tell you about it uh, from my perspective, but I think it's always nice to get the perspective of the young people that we work with so Aisha you want to take this question so the Lower East Side Girls Club is a nonprofit organization in New York City in the Lower East Side and it's basically for girls from the age from the grades of 6 to 12 and they provide programs like sewing cooking dance step a lot of different programs we have our own radio show and it's basically for girls to come together in the community to work with each other to support each other and it's like a family it's a big family so it's kind of an after school project right so after school program and then what happens is that you guys all come to the girls club which is a still large building in the lower east side yeah and there's lots of different activities that that the different girls can get involved with right yeah and we do a lot of activism we do a lot of traveling we went to the women's march march for our life we're here in new orleans for a civil rights tour we do a lot of activism with the older groups so So one of my favorite i mean so i i it was completely blown away and I will never ever go to New York City and not visit the Girls Club again because it's always so cool you better not that's right and besides the radio station and you guys have a radio station right there in the Girls Club and what is that radio station made from <coughs> what, what is it so, wait, wait, what it, it's, it's inside a what it's inside an Airstream trailer, of course. Where of else course. would it be? <laughs> if, you have, if you have a radio station called WGRL, why not have it inside an Airstream in a building in New York City? And I also want to let you know it stands for Where Girl Radio Lives. And so Where Girl Radio Lives is inside of an Airstream trailer in the Lower East Side on <laughs> Avenue D. Uh, so, so cool. Come and see us. Or also check us out online, WGRL.NYC. Uh, we also syndicate here through WHIV yes, you on do. some Saturdays. That's at 10 right. 10 o'clock, right? Uh, or you can, uh, we have a podcast available on iTunes as well, so you can check us out. And how can they find that podcast? WGRL. Just search WGRL and it'll come right up. Yeah. So one of the things that we've been playing quite a bit has been the, um, when you went to Detroit recently was... Uh, oh, that was with was uh, that was with The Sweet Spot, which is my show with WBAI. That's yes. right, right, right. So yeah. you want to... And that's also... Uh, that was with... Was that Aretha Franklin or was that... No, I that was... I was privileged to attend Aretha Franklin's Homegoing, which was incredible. So we did three days. I did the... Um, they uh, had her body for a viewing at the Charles H. Wright Museum, which was incredible. The whole city of Detroit, and then some came out. There were thousands of people standing in line. There was food. There were people reminiscing. It was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful home going. And then I was lucky enough to be inside the church at the actual ceremony where Stevie Wonder, Fantasia, Ariana Grande, I mean, the list goes on and right. on and on. It was on. amazing. It was yeah. beautiful. It was epic. It changed thank my you life. For, yeah, thank you for sharing that on, yeah, on WHIV. One of the things that you guys have uh, at the girls club of course that I always brag about because I think is so cool because uh, I probably wouldn't have become a doctor I probably would have become an astronomer is that you guys have a full-on planetarium like on Correct. floor number four what, what floor is it the third floor two floor two floor on the two. second floor <laughs> yes. pretty much I would say about half of it is a planetarium mm-hmm. I mean it's a huge 
real, not like a little dinky little thing. I mean, this is like the real deal planetarium. Yes. And it's, and it's, and, and it was amazing when he gave me the controls, which were mm-hmm. like, like little Nintendo mm-hmm. controls. And he was having me kind of navigate myself through the universe. Exactly. And that was so incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're in New York, listeners, uh, please come through to Avenue D. We'll fly you through the stars. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Excellent. So, Anybody? Know, Anybody else have anything about the Girls Club? Anything that you guys want to add just before we move to Middle Church? All you guys here from, from Girls Club? Come Joanna, on, you guys? can you tell them about art and activism? Oh, okay. So in art and activism, uh, we just create artwork uh, to represent uh, social issues currently going on. Like currently over the summer, we made posters based on immigration. Uh, we also did city bikes for like a, an environmental reason and we also did environmental posters aside from that that's really cool Cool. yeah you can add of course please and to add on to what she was saying we made um we made we had made a suitcase for immigration and i believe they brought it to the march right Mm-hmm, the immigration mm-hmm. march. So it was abolish ice march, and then we made a, a giant suitcase, as April was saying. Uh, basically, uh, the the significance of the suitcase is is that when you are deported, you get a small suitcase and you ca- that you can pack, and you can't exceed twenty five pounds. And uh, a relative, your your it can come fine. So a relative has to pack you a suitcase. So basically, the point of this particular march is like, what would you pack? Wow. Yeah. So that's the thing. I, I actually didn't realize that. So when you're being deported from the U.S. back to, let's say, El Salvador or somewhere in Central or South America, which is what I presume, mm-hmm. uh, the, you are given a, a suitcase and you're only allowed to bring 25 pounds worth of items yes. with if you. If you're lucky. If you're, of, of course, if you're lucky. Right. Yes. And they go through it. And if they don't like what you're taking, they just throw it out. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I also want to introduce Erica because uh, she's like my right hand woman and she does so much at the girls club. We love her dearly. And I want to have her explain uh, just what happens in her little world. Big world. Yeah, it's a big world of social justice work. But yeah, so you're think, you're in you're in the right place with social yeah, justice work right I mean, here at WHIV. I'm so happy to be here. But I think I just want to emphasize through all of the amazing work that these young people are doing. You know, we're raising the next generation of leaders, um, young people who are going to run for office and you know create change and create policy. Um, and that's all part of the work that we do. So we're we're so excited uh, to share our story with you. Yeah, that's that's Erica, amazing. you're so good on the radio. We have to have you on WGRL. I know. Why have you, you're always working. You got to take some time off and be on the radio. You're a star, I can tell. Uh, that's that's awesome. I know that when I came to uh, the uh, building, uh, you guys had a bunch of uh, photography or artwork uh, from people from uh, New Orleans. Didn't you have? Oh, yeah. I mean, always. It's always a rotating uh, exhibit. So we have exhibitions from our various partners. We have partners in Chiapas. We, of course, have sister organizations. Uh, we're here to celebrate also with the Yayas, our 30th anniversary galas tonight. So we'll be celebrating with them. That's right. It is. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yes, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's a wonderful thing. They've yep. been doing wonderful yep. work. Yep. And yep. Yep. They're a sister organization to us. Uh, so, and we've been working with some photographers. Uh, a photographer here uh what jordan jordan barnes who did an exhibition on black femininity and just like a uh real like an ode and an honor uh, uh 
exhibit to honor the black woman. So it was dope. So, but we're always changing exhibits. We're always featuring new and upcoming artists and especially women and exhibits that focus on women. Yeah, that's, uh, that is, that is amazing. And certainly seeing the stuff that you guys had there was, was great. And certainly seeing all of the, the faces, uh, uh, of uh, of New Orleanians uh, when I walked in was amazing. I think Michelle Lake somebody was know? there. Oh yeah, there was right. Michelle Lake was there. I think Irma. We've Thomas, interviewed you her. A... We interviewed Irma on WGRL. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a few amazing. Times ago. So hopefully, you know, we'll continue to deepen our partnership with New Orleans, and someday soon there may be a girls' club in New Orleans. I certainly <laughs> hope so. Yes, dream with me. If you're tuning in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV. My name is Mark Allendary. I'm covering for Dave Rostens. This is the Noel Matter Show. I I usually do health as a human right and thank you Dave for letting me cover for your show for today all right so let's talk about middle church hi again Hello. my name is Marta and I work at middle church um, we describe middle as a multicultural multi-ethnic intergenerational movement of spirit and justice so it is an old church. It's actually the oldest continuously operating Protestant church in the United States. No kidding. And that's in New York City as well? Or? In the Lower East Side. Lower in the East same Side. neighborhood as the Lower East Side Girls Club. So I could see where the synergy comes from. Uh, do y'all work together? We've been partners as long as the Girls Club has existed. So for that's like 20 plus years? or uh-huh. And we're so excited to do this trip together just to re-engage and continue the partnership. Great. And then the and and the work and then these young people that you have with you are obviously uh, did, did you guys all know each other beforehand or y'all met each other during this trip? We met each other during this trip. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so what was the purpose of, of the trip? I mean, I mean, I, 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 I know that you guys are here for the Yaya's is, is uh, the event is, is tonight. But I really would love to hear about your trip to uh, Montgomery mm-hmm. yesterday. And what a special place Montgomery is. And I know that if you guys want, I, I don't mind talking a while about what you guys saw yesterday. And I, I had my own experiences there soon after the uh, Legacy uh, Monument opened. Uh, I made a I made my own personal pilgrimage there. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts about it. Okay, cool. Can we introduce the, the kids from Middle, too? If yeah. you guys want to uh, introduce yourselves and, and your name. We, they did. They did? Yeah. Sorry, it's been a long week. (laughs) That's okay. All right, never mind. (laughs) So uh, does somebody want to take this? Like what what we did in Montgomery and and, uh, how you felt about it? So we went to Montgomery, Alabama yesterday, which was a long five-hour drive um long long from from new orleans from new orleans so you guys got in on wednesday thursday we night got in on wednesday wednesday night. wednesday night and we left on thursday early in the morning i believe at like six like or seven brutal brutal o'clock right morning, yeah, yeah way too early o'clock, so we right? took that five-hour <laughs> trip to montgomery alabama we went to see the memorial um we got to see like how how many people was lynched during the um so you went to the 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 memorial being the the legacy right. memorial and do you right. want to explain what you saw because i didn't know what i was walking into i purposely kept myself i just i wanted to experience it so do you want to ex- so from my experience i didn't know what the big bricks were they were like bricks and like louisiana and kentucky all southern states on top and it had multiple names of dates that um 
there when they died and those were during like the civil rights movement during the jim crow law there um there was no specific time just all the african americans who were lynched some of them were even unknown and so we got to walk through that and like it was so many people's name like over 4000 people and it was like really like hard to see because it's like we're looking back into what we were taught in school and to actually see it with our own eyes is really like difficult to like walk through and so we were like it was really we were embracing it we were like wow like and there was like quotes that we read like this is what happened during this time and it kept going up and it was like a big space and we were like walk through the um we would walk through it and they had like a nice waterfall with quotes from martin luther king or historically um people people during the um 1900s uh, yeah, the the legacy uh, monument was uh, it was really really moving to me because uh, personally I I grew up in Atlanta Georgia um, I live in New York now but I grew up uh, in Georgia and I the all the bricks are labeled by county and it was really startling I we walked by and um, me, my brother and I we saw the uh, the names of the counties that we used to live in uh, and the names of people that were uh, lynched and killed there but. Um, when we lived there, we had never heard anything about that. Uh, they kind of didn't talk about it. They avoided mentioning any, anything like that. Um, didn't learn that in school then, right? No, no, we yeah. didn't learn anything about that. We had heard very like vague things, but we always thought, oh, that was some other place that never happened here. But um, seeing the names and uh, yeah, that was, that was, um, that was uh, kind of an interesting experience seeing that. A- anybody else? Yeah, um, I think that what was really affecting for me was as you walk through it, the ground starts to get lower and the mo- like the structures themselves start to look like they're hanging. And so that was like when I started imagining all these as like people and the fact that like, you know, this this happened to people. And that was really affecting to me. And then, you, you know, you're like walking deeper and deeper and all of a sudden you're like surrounded by this darkness. And it's like, I think that was really intense for me. Now? Anything else? Oh. Uh, I just wanted to add how beautiful the architecture was. Like, it really it really served justice for the idea they're representing, as well as the Legacy Museum. Uh, they had these cells, and there was, like, holographic images of So the, this is in the museum then, right? Yeah. Right. So the, the Legacy split into the actual monuments and then the museum. Yeah, the way the museum and the memorial was set up was very effective as a viewer. Right. Yeah. I actually, I went and uh, they had their first rain and flood while I was there. And so I actually went to go to the monument in the museum and I wasn't, we got flooded at the monument within like the first hour and then we were stuck there for a couple hours. So I went the next day when I was supposed to go to the museum, I went back to the monument again. Uh, so I, did, I actually didn't go to the museum. So I plan on going. I plan on, on doing a weekend, uh, a weekend trip out there. I, I 
you know, for me, what was like, like you guys said, you had these, um, these large structures that were at ground level. And then, and with all the names of people that had been lynched in the counties that they were in. And then as you started to walk through the, the, uh, monument or through the museum or the, the, the legacy monument area itself, like you said, the ground started to get lower, but the structures themselves remained at they never changed. And then as you started getting lower, you realized that they were actually representations of people that had been lynched. And that was such a very powerful. And to see all of those names on those uh, structures in all of the uh, counties or in Louisiana, we, we don't have counties, we have parishes. And to see all of those names uh, of people that had uh, been identified and, as you said, had been unidentified, have been lynched, it was incredibly powerfully moving but what I didn't anticipate was what happened when you kind of turned the corner and went outside what did it look like when they were all lying horizontal at that point I I thought that it was like because lynching I just learned this but lynching is just not people getting hanged it's also burning corpse and beatings and so I like thought that them like as it's laying down represented like the dead corpse laying and like them being burned and it like really hit me like wow this is like what they went through when when we didn't even exist this is how hard they fought for their lives and it's not fair that because of the color of their skin they were lynched and it's not fair that you know they had to go through this horrific thing and like it's just really not traumatizing but it's like a life changing like it changes your whole mentality like you start being grateful for things and you just like use like think of the things you learned in school and you just like connect it like oh this is what this is like yeah yeah adding off adding on to that I think it becomes like that much more real because you do hear about these things in school and like teachers will teach this to you but I think that there's this whole nother dimension when you see it in person and being in the Legacy Museum, which was like a slave warehouse, like you're standing in a place where this has happened. And so you can recognize the atrocity when you're learning about it, but like actually experiencing it, it's more of like, it's like you feel the physical reaction, like it's, it's intense. Anything else? <laughs> to add on to being, what please, she I said, mean, you guys are being um, so eloquent. The part that really, like how I, the structure of the museum it starts off as like the Jim Crow law and talks about um, from the 1800 goes to the 1900 from the civil rights movement and then it shifts its focus to our society today or our world today how there's mass incarceration and how um, African Americans are targeted because of the the color of their skins they're the ones who majority of them are the ones who are in prison and they talk about how unfair the prison system is and how unfair our um how injustice it is that there's people who are going to jail who haven't even convicted a crime but because they don't have money for bail they have to stay in there and it costs them their lives and there's some people who can't afford a a lawyer who still stands who's in there just just waiting to die because they can't 
they they aren't able to go to trial and when every time they go to trial they always set it back so it's like they can never get out even if they committed a crime or if they didn't commit a crime and so we got to learn about um angola uh i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right angola you got angola and we got to learn about um different prison system which which one has the which is the biggest one how how everything what goes inside the prison system is like something like is this really going on like it are the offer are the officers really like part of this whole thing like it's it's disgusting like is i wouldn't want i wouldn't wish anyone to be in there it's just like horrifying and to add on to what she was saying about people like they got incarcerated for no reason like for example there was a lady that they said had killed her infant baby and it was the fact they didn't realize that she couldn't like bear kids so they locked her up for that and put her in a solitary confinement because of that and everything and I feel like nobody should have to go through that because, like, they should, like, hear people's side of the story first or they should get a better understanding of why they should be there or, like, yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Anything else? And you guys are being so, I don't want to stop you guys. Please continue. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to add that these places serve the purpose of humanizing these deaths and it's important to refer to them as people instead of statistics just to add to the realization of the situation uh, and in fact the museum like they had jars of soil uh, of the places that these people were lynched at uh, and I just thought that was beautiful in fact yeah. one of the things that we're trying to do here in New Orleans is you know at the end of the at the monuments uh, the legacy where the monuments are where they're all lying horizontal they, they're meant to represent the corpses you're right they're meant to represent coffins or corpses however yeah. you want to look at it so Orleans Parish has theirs and so I don't know if they told you guys but those all of those that are lying horizontal like that those are meant to go back to the parishes or counties that they belong to so so here in Orleans Parish, we're actually trying to get our our monument back so that we can display it in a public location so that we don't forget about it, so that we don't have young people who grow up not knowing about the history of this. Because when you guys are aware of this sort of history, I and, and I'm watching and I'm seeing your guys' faces and hearing you guys and the words that you guys are describing are... They're one of pain and of anxiety and, and of frustration. That, that that sort of pain and anxiety and frustration is really critical to, to be the advocates and to be the activists and to be the leaders that you <laughs> are being trained to be by these incredible uh, people uh, here that are with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I also think like the museum itself is just, when we go to school, we're always taught the basic of things. They don't really teach us the they don't really teach us what really happened yeah, and i feel yeah, like right. us going to the museum and to the memorial like getting to see it with our eyes our own two eyes is something that like wow okay this is like this is surreal this is really this is what really happened and in the museum you just feel like i just felt like i was in it i was in the 1900s with them i felt like i was experiencing their pain, their frustration, their anger. I felt like I was, um, I felt like it was something I learned from the museum and it made me want to like 
changed the whole prison system. It made me want to become a better person as a African American. And so I think that this museum, I feel like there should be school trips. There should be a lot of people need to come see this museum because it was so intense. I remember speaking to Liz and when I saw her, she was like, we both said together that was intense and it was intense, but it was also a good experience. It was also a life changing. It changed my whole mentality. I'm so grateful for being in our era. I'm so grateful that we have an African-American government, a governor. I'm like grateful there's a Muslim governor. Like we've, there has been some changes, even though we have, we have a long way to go, but we've came a long way. If you're tuning in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is Nola Matters. My name is Mark Allender. I'm covering for David Rostin. This is a Health is a Human Right Hour, uh, covering for David Rostin's Public Health Hour. We're talking with uh, young people from the Lower East Side Girls Club as well as young people from Middle Church, uh, both from Lower East Side of New York City. They just went to the Legacy Monument uh, and uh, and Museum uh, yesterday in uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, which is a really powerful uh, experience. Uh, and again, as I had mentioned, we're trying to bring our uh, Orleans Parish Monument here to uh, New Orleans, where it belongs uh, it to be displayed in a public uh, forum. Uh, and on these monuments uh, are the names of all the individuals uh, that had been lynched, at least uh, in th- that are known uh, and that are known uh, names. Did, did you want to say something? Oh, I thought you were getting geared up and ready to say something. <laughs> so... I mean, you guys have really uh, eloquently, and I so appreciate how you guys expressed yourselves uh, and the anxiety. I I, I felt very similar to to what you guys felt uh, as well. Uh, And then I had the added benefit of being completely wet uh, while doing it uh, and (laughs) while uh, we were being uh, rained on. uh, It's important. I feel like it was a real physical response, too. Like, I felt sick to my stomach. I felt my throat clamp up, my heart clamp up, and really just physically, physically ill. Right. I mean, it really does show. I mean, especially with the work that you guys do, uh, all y'all do, but specifically art and activism. I mean, I mean, if you think about it, at least for me while I was walking through it, there is just no better example of art and activism as that, as those monuments that were hanging from the ceiling with the names of people who had been lynched. I mean, it was just really it was the most powerful experience I, I think I've had in such a long time. Mm-hmm. So can you guys then also maybe share with us how this is going, how it's motivating you? I mean, we were talking a moment ago about how for you it was motivating you to kind of rethink the carceral system and what we think about incarceration. I I mean, we know that incarceration uh, is just basically another form of legalized slavery, and, and it says that in the Constitution and the 14th Amendment. Yeah. And and so uh, how how and I would love to hear from all of you guys how it is inspired you guys to do something when you guys do get back home what 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 do you feel inspired to do? So um, I'm well I'm a senior in high school, and so I feel like the most I can do is like keep people off, keep the people that I see on the street, my friends, off the streets, and like letting them know like when you see a cop don't say nothing don't antagonize them or like just letting them know like this you have a whole life ahead of you don't ruin it by you know doing something that's not right um basically just 
like letting my friends know like hey you're doing this like think about it think about your life you don't want to be in a prison system and also just like attending marches uh, like just voting for people who we know that's going to do prison reforms like vote 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 that's mainly <laughs> yes. what it is vote 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 <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm all about that who else did you have something or you guys uh, for me um it definitely um it, it definitely kind of inspires you to let other people know about this because after seeing this you um think oh my god why is no one talking about this no mm-hmm. one acknowledges it um people kind of go about their lives just normally not uh not thinking about any of these things um seeing this especially how the museum is designed that you see people on a personal level um i i'm not sure if it was mentioned before but there's these um there's these stands where it looks like a prison visitation uh like a where you pick up the phone talk to the person on the other end uh it senses when you pick it up and the a person on a screen tells uh tells their story about um how they were incarcerated for a crime they didn't commit how they've been sentenced for life um, and it, seeing that just really kind of shakes you, um, and it, it moves you to tell people, uh, that pretty much anyone, you know, um, about, about these things. I think it also just inspires thought because, so as soon as I walked like out of the museum, I went, I sat down and I started like journaling and like writing down my response, how I felt about it. And I wrote down two questions and that was, um, is there a way to eliminate racial bias and will everyone like ever be equal and I feel like like if for more people to think about those questions and approach those questions and like explore those questions will like eventually make some kind of change and certainly the fact that you guys are having these conversations now uh, and having an experience like y'all did I, I certainly hope those sorts of questions that provoke thought in, in young minds like y'all, I, I think that that is definitely a step in definitely in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Did you have something to say to you now? I just want to say also that it's really beneficial to people of all ages. I think every American should visit this museum and this monument because it, I mean, it really is like visiting our Holocaust museum. And for me, the, the question that came up, Ruby was talking about like how it, it gives you so many questions and, and Kellen as well. But my, the, the question to me, that is most resonant is like this is a disease. Like racism is such a horrifying disease. Like it's it's awful. Like what can we do to combat this disease? Well, certainly awareness and and, and talking about it and and you know. But what the voter suppression? I mean, this is a conversation that we, that. We, but the voter suppression that we saw, for example, in Florida and Georgia, was really quite mm-hmm. astonishing. And and the actual elections themselves and some of the verbiage that was utilized, it's just it's it's uh, it's unbelievable. And and uh, but I but I would love to hear from you guys though. I I, I I have I have radio shows. I talk regularly. So. Um and to also add on is. Please. Now that when I go back to school, I can actually like tell like when my school speaks about like the civil rights movement, I could tell them based on what my knowledge is from going to the Legacy Museum and going to the monuments, and I could go actually tell them this actually did happen, and basically what the teachers is teaching us is true, but they're not teaching us the full thing, and I feel like they should know everything that we learned. Agreed. 
Um, so after visiting the museum, like all I want to do is talk about it. Uh, unfortunately, it's a, it's a good thing you're on the radio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I could say with truth that I didn't realize uh, the problem that occurred in in incarceration systems. Uh, and as I was walking through the museum and reading the facts, I realized that the prison system uses uh, mass incarceration as a form of isolation to dehumanize prisoners, as uh, to dehumanize people. Um, and I, at first, I was like, well, prison should be a form of correction. It should be uh, a place where you'd want people to contribute to society, you know, once they leave. But I read a book over the summer called uh, A Clockwork Orange, and it talks about how uh, it was in a, it was taking place in the future, and it talks about how if people are put into the prison systems and are corrected, they come out as a different individual. They, they don't come out as themselves. So it raised the question was, uh, what would be best in prison systems? I don't know. No, I, 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 I mean, this is a question that is grappled, I think, by society pretty regularly is, is how our, our prison systems have turned into basically modern day placing people in the cages and, and, and holding them there indefinitely and creating ways of holding them there and, you know, for as long as possible. And then when we add the element that some of these, some of these prisons can be privatized and then there's a motive, a, a, a people can actually make money on keeping, people continually locked up it does really question what is the purpose of these prisons and you, you guys haven't had a chance to go to angola we talked about angola a moment ago angola is one of the most famous prisons in the country and certainly it's located here in louisiana it's about 90 minutes north of or it's it's 90 minutes from from here maybe about two hours uh and it's basically it's a huge work farm otherwise known as a plantation and it is where people who are locked up mostly for life not exclusively lifers but large proportion of them are there for life and they are doing all of the functions they are working this plantation for no pay or very very little pay and they do this for the rest of their lives and i I, I, I respect and deeply am moved by your question, what, what is the purpose for this? And, and, and I think that, I think it was you that said that we need to be thinking about who our leaders are and how our leaders are going to lead us into a future in which we don't see the carceral system as being the end all to be all and that we need to change the laws that put people at risk for getting incarcerated mm -hmm. in the first place because the communities that are more likely to be at risk or to go to jail are communities of color and that certainly raises the question is if the carceral system racist in the first place I would say here the answer is yes and let me just take a moment to say that the opinions that are reflected here on WHIV right now reflect my own Mark Allen Derry they do not reflect those of uh, the radio station the board of directors or the nonprofit organization NoCEDA. Any thoughts about that? About Angola? Anything. Um, I so I did at the Lower East Side Girls Club, we do a lot of panels. And so um I was on a panel with this guy who was on death row in Angola who was um 
who was falsely accused of committing a crime, which they said he, um, I believe when they said he killed his um, baby. And so um, we spoke to him and he was like, I was on the panel with him and I like explained before I even said anything to him. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm from the hood and there's a lot of, um, it's corrupt. The hood is corrupt and we have to deal with that. And he told me, he was like, I felt so comfortable when you said that because I didn't want people to look at me a certain way. And he talked about how, how bad Angola is and how people get stabbed and they, the officers they don't do nothing if you're wounded the officers wouldn't take you to the hospital and he talked about solitary confinement which is like so horrific i don't even believe how people can just live in there how can people live in solitary confinement and i just wish that there's something that we can hopefully there's something that we can do to create prison reforms and just like you know, make, I agree. Yeah, I, I hope that we get to a point where we actually abolish the carceral system altogether. I agree. I definitely agree. And we definitely need to move to a point where the carceral system does not exist anymore, yep. and that we truly do utilize uh, that. If if there are individuals uh, that have um, that uh, that if there are individuals that need to be removed from society, that's done in in a, in a way that's humane and appropriate, and that really does reflect. Uh, uh, addressing mental health issues, yes. uh, issues surrounding poverty, or all the various other social determinants of health uh, that have led individuals to uh, to 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 uh, um, to get into the situation that they did in the first place. If you're tuning in, this is one two point three WHIV. You're listening to NOLA Matters. My name is Mark Allendary. Thank you, David Rostin, for letting me cover for his show, which is the Public Health Hour. I'm covering uh, David's show. This is uh, NOLA Matters. Health is a human right. Did you have something? And we're talking to young people from the Lower East Side Girls Club and Middle Church. And to add on to what Aisha was saying, because of um, solitary confinement and um, how bad it is, we had, on the roof of Girls Club, we had made the solitary garden, and we had partnered up with um, Jackie Summon, right? I said it right? Okay. Who, who's a big friend of WHIV and, and comes here often, you could yeah. imagine. And we partnered up with her to like actually get a view of what solitary confinement looked like and how many, like how small the space is, how can they walk around, how can they do everything, and yeah. And by doing that, we seen that it was very like it's very bad, and we wouldn't want anybody to be in it. Um. Yeah, I think it was in September. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I worked on the solitary garden with Jackie and Rod. Um, and while I was working on it, I completely forgot that this was an a the actual size of the prison, of the jail. Of, the, of the cell. Yeah, because yeah. as I was looking at the bed, I was like, wow, that's awfully small. I feel like if I laid down, my feet would hang off the bed, and I'm rather small. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but talking to Rod, it, it was like talking to anybody else. Uh, so I, it's odd seeing that these people are going into these systems. 
Yeah, I mean the the solitary gardens are really a great idea because it does you know she she's able to kind of bring life, if you will, in the form of the plants, and there's an element of hope there. At least that's my interpretation as as I see them. Uh, and then at the same time, you are understanding the the space and the size of uh of uh, of of individuals and the and the space that they're actually staying in i've actually visited um the uh solitary confinement areas in angola i've been to angola and i actually was able to see the areas where individuals were kept in solitary confinement as well as life uh and it's really 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 intense and it's very very deep and it's very very moving um, especially when we realize that groups like the Innocence Project that has been able to get many, 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 many people freed uh, who have been wrongly convicted, mostly from overzealous and oftentimes racist uh, district attorneys uh, uh, who have just wanted to win their cases without uh, 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 w- without care that they were putting uh, people wrongfully in jail, and then you have folks that have been in jail for 20, 30 years, and, and it's just, it's very it's very intense, especially those people uh, who have been in jail and incarcerated in solitary confinement for 30, 40 years. It's, it's almost un- unimaginable. And, and these are things, as a 50-year-old man, I have a hard time wrapping my head around and seeing you guys here as 15, 16, 18-year-olds having those same thoughts, and I... I can imagine the the anxiety that it may it may bring you all trying to wrap your heads around that as well. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I'll just add that, you know, we've been working with Jackie for a few years now, and the solitary garden bed that we built um, back in New York City um, is not only a collaboration with you know with Jackie and Rod, but also women and mothers who are incarcerated. Um, you know, which is you know, particularly special to us. Um, and the flowers that are planted in this garden bed grow um, in New York and New Orleans. So um, it's a very special project that we we put together. Yeah, and I think to resonate uh, what other people have been saying and what uh, our young people have been saying is that it humanizes, it, it humanizes the imprisoned and it's about people, not statistics at the end of the day. Yeah, there's there's no question about that. Um, what do you guys uh, <laughs> uh, what's uh, what do you guys have planned for the weekend? What, what are you guys doing tomorrow? You guys are here at WHIV tomorrow, right? Actually, we're going to be here at WHIV. We're doing a type of a luncheon uh, where we're actually talking to a few different activists in the community. Uh, we have uh, Operation Restoration coming by. And what is that, Operation Restoration? Operation Restoration uh, works with um, incarcerated women and provides uh, solutions and awareness on the problems and the struggles that they face. And they're, um, they're, a lot of times, they're, a lot of the people that are working with them have been formerly incarcerated, and they're doing great work providing uh, jobs, support for people that get out of prison and you know, face a lot of challenges uh, in, in everyday life, and then also bringing awareness to the problem of incarceration, and particularly uh, what women face. And uh, we're just going to be having a discussion. We have Dancing Grounds. Dance with 
social justice. Uh, they're coming through, and their young people are doing a project on gentrification. Um, we have a lot of, of great activists uh, coming through to talk to us about what's happening in New Orleans. We're going to talk to them about what's happening in New York. And basically, it's about community building and uh, where do we go from here? You know, like these things, like these challenges all uh, stem from really common problems of racism, uh, of classism, and uh, we face them all over the country. So how can we as concerned people, as concerned citizens who want to make things better in the world, how can we come together and uh, form a network really nationwide of young people, young women who want to make change? Yeah, that is, uh, that's incredible. And I'm glad that you're using the WHIV space. That makes me so happy that you guys are able to do that. Uh, and uh, and w was there also going to be some artists that are coming in as well? Or were you able? Uh, yeah, there's a few artists. Uh, I think one of them may be coming in now. I think. I think Cole is on her way in. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. love Cole. Is she going to be here tomorrow, She'll too? She'll be here tomorrow. So, Miss, the lovely Miss Cole Williams. Fantastic. Yes, she's an educator and a singer, a uh, wonderful person. Um, New Orleans by way of Brooklyn, so that's, she's very that's close right. to my heart. That's right. That's right. Right, right, right. She is Brooklyn, heart. right? Absolutely. Um, tomorrow, we're also going to be interviewing Leona Tate who was uh, one of the McDonald Three. So we're going over to the Living Museum, which I'm very excited, I've never been there. Uh, so we're gonna get uh, really first-hand view of like what it took to desegregate New Orleans schools. Because I did not know that, but we actually traveled on November 14th, which is the anniversary of desegregation in New Orleans. Um, so that just resonated with our trip sure. and all of our work here. Tonight we'll be attending the Yaya uh, Gala, as I mentioned before. And we'll be we're going to the music box. Um, we're going oh, to is see that Sun tomorrow Ra, night or Sun Ra Orchestra. Oh, cool. So yeah, Afrofuturism. Music box and WHIV are good friends, of course. I love the music box. Yeah, yeah. we actually uh, did a show with Music Box, uh, Women in New Orleans, Women in Music in New Orleans. Um, so we've partnered with them before. So I mean, we're just we're excited to be here. We're excited to build community. We're excited to, like I said, build a network of young people. Do you know? Just like let's make change for the better, because sure. you know, because we have to. Because that's what we have to. Yeah, <laughs> because right. we have to. We're in inspired to. Did, were you gonna say something, or were you? Oh, you were just leaning in. I'm or? leaning in because okay. I'm excited. Lean <laughs> into it. We've already had a full day. We've already had a full day today. Uh, we went to the Woolworths counter at Peaches. Yeah, that's um, amazing. It's oh, a great counter. We went to Studio B. We've just been, Yeah, B you Mike know, is a good yeah, friend, and we, he's a good we're, person. We're taking in lots of um, amazing history around the city. Were you guys able to see the Rosa Parks Museum yesterday, or when you guys were? No, we didn't oh, have enough it. time. Yeah. And I really urge you to go back to see the museum and to maybe oh, spend a couple of yeah, days. Sure. Yeah, because it's it's a lot of information to take in. It's a lot of information I, to process. I've been in touch. I think I may have told you this, but Fred Gray, with the whole Tuskegee syphilis experience, so I've been I so he uh, was the attorney. He was actually uh -huh. Mrs. Uh, Miss Rosa Parks and uh, Dr. King's attorney during the bus uh, uh, boycotts. And so the young attorney who represented them, he was also the attorney that represented the uh, Tuskegee farmers for wow. the syphilis experiments. Uh -huh. He's still alive, and he's in his late 80s. And so I've been communicating with his daughter. So hopefully I'm going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks to go interview him to That's do a, a, a radio interview with him. So. 
fingers crossed on that that man is a living icon mm, <laughs> and certainly yeah, the work that the work that he did and i will be able to share a show with you absolutely <laughs> please please do you know we're all about building sharing community is where it's at you know because i mean our leaders right now we're trying to change that of course as aisha said earlier vote 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 but uh, really i mean we have to pressure the people that work for us in washington to make a change you know i mean we, we can't we have to be unrelenting on them. I agree. What is not working right now? But um, I just like to to maybe go around and maybe uh, just give some impressions of some of the special things that you've seen maybe in New Orleans. And I know Legacy Museum was really resonant, but um, maybe some of what you liked best about the trip so far. I know we've we've just we've been going fast and furious. Yeah. But um, just some freeform impressions. I'm gonna say what I liked best was um, the overall attitude of like everybody here because everybody that we talked to this morning we went to um where do we go again uh, zion oh baptist. new zion baptist church yeah. <laughs> and um we we're standing outside and the women inside just let us in and gave us like a little impromptu tour and i feel like that's been our experience like basically everywhere so far because everyone's, hospitality yeah everybody's <laughs> so willing to have a conversation and like yeah. welcome you in and like give you a hug yeah and i think that's been that's been really nice uh, yeah, I definitely agree with Ruby. There's like a, a strong sense of in- intimacy, which you don't really get in New York. <laughs> True that. Yeah. <laughs> True that. That's right. Yeah, you're right. My favorite was hitting the full spots. We went to a lot. Our first one was um, Niao. Shout out to Niao. She was amazing. Her name was... Tucker. Um, Tucker, she was amazing. Her food was amazing. And then we also spoke to um, a lady named Martha, Martha from um, Martha. Was Martha's place. Martha's, Martha's place. We spoke to Martha Hawkins, and she was really just, like, inspiring. Just make us want to keep going on reach for our dreams. So Good. definitely trying out the food Good. and meeting the people who own the restaurants or, like, cooked the food. Anything else? Um, I think that what really stood out to me was the Legacy Museum because it was just like super touching and everything was like beautiful there and it was good. Good, thank you for sharing. Just the trip overall is very good to me. Is the whole trip is like my favorite because we're actually getting to like touch our roots and stuff like that. So and get a better clearing understanding of what happened. Yes, uh, New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans has that way. I thought Cole just walked in. Uh, New Orleans has that way of, uh, of doing that. Were you going to say well, something? Well, I was just going to give a shout out to April, too. Um, this was her first time on an airplane. Oh, um, all right. And, like, what, what an incredible first yeah. journey, sure. right? So we're so happy that you're able to come with us. Sure. We, we got a, did you, were you going to say something? or? Mm-mm. Okay, because we got started. Did you want to say something? <laughs> no? Yeah. Okay. Do, all right, we got to start wrapping up here. Unfortunately, the, the hour goes by uh, so Very quick. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, so uh, I just want to say thank you so much um, to the um, to the uh, folks from uh, the Lower East Side uh, Girls Club, as well as Middle Church. Uh, and I really appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, share with us your experiences at the Legacy Museum and the Legacy uh, Monument. Were you say something, Kelly? I just want to say thank you. Thank, thank you for thank having us. Thank you. Thank you. And then, we love you, New Orleans. Kelly, what, Kelly, some uh, media. How can people follow you? 
Oh, okay. So if you want to follow us on, on social media, a girls club and why is our Instagram. Same on Facebook, same on Twitter. And you can find our website at uh, WGRL.NYC. That's our podcast website. That's WGRL.NYC. You can also find us on iTunes. Just search out WGRL. And if you want to go to our larger website and know about all the programs that we offer, it's girlsclub.org. That's girlsclub.org. And if you're in New York, if you're in New York, uh, definitely come and check us out. Come by the Girls Club. We love building community. Uh, we love New Orleans. We love the people here. And um, yes, thank you so much. It's and been a anything with Middle Church? Please uh, do follow Middle Church online. You can find us at middlechurch.org. And if you're in New York, we'd love to have you join us on a Sunday. But if you're not, you can live stream us every Sunday at 11.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'd love to have you join this revolutionary love movement. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I love all of you guys. Thank you guys so much.